Hello, this is James Fairchild, and welcome to the latest edition of my podcast. Today's episode is entitled The Green Pound. We start with a tip, as we often do, which this week comes from one of my accountancy friends. And their tip, really dull and boring, but a good point nevertheless, is to do your tax return before Friday the 31st, in case there is an issue and you need to call HMRC during office hours. So a very good tip there. So what do I mean by the green pound? Well, essentially, it means various different things. So we're currently in January or Veganuary, where a number of uh, brands and restaurants and so on are putting the spotlight on vegan food. I myself am a vegetarian and have been for many years, but if you and your business can harness the green pound, which includes food and it includes other things, including consumer products, even financial services. So we're not, we're not just thinking about being vegetarian or vegan. We're thinking about being ethical, doing the right thing, and so on and so forth. So Greg's the Bakers have been in the news yet again. This time a year ago, they launched their first vegan product, the Vegan Sausage Roll. And that product alone, and the snowball effect that that product created, was responsible for their 2019 revenue tipping over a billion pounds and for sales on a month-by-month basis compared with the previous year, increasing by around 10% each month. Greg's have also been in the news more recently. Not only have they launched the Vegan Steak Bake, which is very nice, and also a vegan donut, but they've also been in the news because they have offered or they're giving a staff bonus uh, of seven million pounds, which is around 300 pounds per person. Unfortunately, Greg's have, uh, in doing this, they have shown up a disadvantage of the universal credit scheme, uh, which a number of lower paid workers, part-time workers and so on uh, will, will be on in that the effect of this bonus is that the worker, because of consequent amendments to that benefit, that the worker sees a fairly small fraction of it, uh, around 25%. Staying with food for a moment longer, if you do run a restaurant or cafe or bakery, there's two sides to it. So one side is offering a product which is vegetarian or vegan and appreciating that there's a difference between the two and then the other side of it is your internal procedures so if you if you use implements say a a pizza cutting wheel ensure that either that you use a different wheel for the different uh, types of uh, of pizza or indeed that you wash the thing properly in between usage and the same for knives, trays and so on. 
As I said, it's not only businesses in the food world that can do something to capitalise upon the green pound. So if you sell consumer products, can you trace back through your supply chain? Can you be clear that whether it's a pair of shoes or it's a car, can you be clear as to whether the items that have gone into uh, that product are of animal origin? And of course, this applies from both sides because not only if we're talking shoes or trainers, not only do you have me and other vegetarians, vegans, and so on, looking for shoes that do not include leather, but also certain consumers will see leather as being a superior material for, for them and for the shoes that they would wish to purchase. Incidentally, there is a material called Vegetan, and shout out to Vegetarian Shoes in Brighton, who have been making some very good quality, making and selling uh, very good quality shoes using this material for over 20 years now. And I have been a customer of theirs since, uh, since the 90s. You can also harness the green pound if you offer products like financial services. A quick uh, Google produces details of a number of funds that are ethical in their choice of investments. Uh, incidentally, one statistic tells me that the criteria that a particular fund has, around 40% or just under 40% of the FTSE 100 is actually removed from their consideration because of how this fund manager perceives uh, the ethical issues of those companies. It may be that the likes of tobacco manufacturers are ruled out uh, on obvious grounds and also that other companies are assessed in terms of whether they meet a criteria or not. Any business, regardless of what you make or do or sell, can be aware of environmental issues, ethical issues, Ensure that your staff, your visitors, sort their waste. And obviously there'll be some stuff which is uh, garbage, can't be recycled. But if it's sorted, there will be lots of items that can be recycled. Glass, plastic, and so on. And I would imagine most commercial waste providers would be very happy to quote for a second bin or however it might work with them it will presumably save money for the waste provider as well so it could well be in your advantage you'll appreciate of course that down the line if uh, if a waste business has several tons of a particular grade of plastic that obviously has some form of, uh, of commercial value and obviously scrap metal most people are familiar with the fact that uh, scrap metal in large enough quantities can have a very attractive value indeed. But before you throw things away, can things be reused? Those pieces of paper that somebody printed something out on in mistake, 
could they become a notepad or could they be taken home and allow children to use the paper for drawing? Do you really need to replace that computer or could you replace a component within it? That kind of question. We in the UK have already come a long way in terms of being environmentally aware and being sustainable. If I think back 10-15 years, every office had a water cooler that was stocked with large bottles that were delivered in a van and taken away empty and those little paper cups at the side. Now many, many companies have some kind of filtration purification system that's linked to the mains water and they encourage people to use reusable bottles, glasses, cups and so on. It's worth reflecting as well that January or this, this week in January, we saw Saturday just gone, we saw the Chinese New Year and we saw Burns Night. So if you're celebrating, I hope you enjoyed. More somberly in respect of China, there is of course the outbreak of coronavirus. And I'm sure I speak for everybody in saying that we hope the effects of it are minimized. The simple fact I imagine is that UK supply chains will see some kind of effect as a result of our reliance on the global economy. And just on that note, of course, the 31st this coming Friday, in addition to being tax return deadline, is also the day that we leave the European Union, or at least move on to a, a different phase, a phase of negotiation by our political masters as they go out and presumably achieve trade deals both with the remainder of the European Union, quite potentially with individual countries, and then deals with other partners around the world. Whichever way you voted, you can't deny that the times ahead are going to be interesting and unknown. And the challenge for us, all of us in business, is to either to minimize any negative effects, or if there is an opportunity, then to ensure that we benefit from it. I'll leave it there for today. Reminder that I'm very pleased to receive your future topic suggestions, any tips you may have for other, other listeners, and I can be emailed using media at weeklyfd.com. Looking ahead to the future, I'm intending to do something on inheritance, something around debt collection strategies, something around pensions. And my plan for next week is that I'm going to cover the topic of IR35, which is relevant to you and your business if either if you are or if your business receives the services of limited company contractors or self-employed contractors. We'll speak more about that next week. I hope everybody has a lovely week and whether you're commiserating or celebrating on the 31st, I hope you have a good weekend. Bye for now.